And what's up, everybody? This is Sports Guy Rye Guy here, coming to you with the very first episode of the New York Sports Guy Rye Guy podcast. This podcast, we're going to be talking about all things New York sports. We're going to be talking about, you know, some other sports that are New York related, but, you know, some big stories, of course. We're going to be talking about all the teams that make me miserable, all the teams that I don't like, and all the teams that, you know, I root for day in, day out f- through free agency, trades, drafts, you know, game days, all that. This is uh, the New York Sports Guy Rye Guy podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, uh, Sports Guy Rye Guy. That's what I go by. Uh, see how that rhymes, all that jazz. And, you know, a lot of people um, I've been uh, telling that I want to do this for a while. I kind of want to have my own show. I've been doing the Sports Throne podcast with the guys at Sports Throne for a little bit. I used to do another podcast with my good friend Greg. Uh, that was the pregame speech podcast. But, you know, I wanted to ride solo, wanted to try it out, see what it's like. You know, I have a lot of opinions on a lot of my teams that I root for in this area. And sometimes we don't have enough time to, you know, talk about just our New York sports. So that's what I'm here to do. I'm going to be as objective as I possibly can be. And by objective, I mean I'm totally going to be biased to the teams that I love. But I will, you know, also be respectful and objective to the teams that I don't root for in this town that, um, you know, are doing things and all that jazz. I'm going to say all that jazz a lot. It's something that I say. If I say it too much, my apologies, but you know, we're winging it here. Let's go. This is the first of many. And, uh, you know, we got a lot to talk about this week in New York sports. It seems like New York sports for the last couple months have really been back on the rise. You know, there, there has been a dark time in New York sports since I would say the giants won the Super Bowl back in 2011, where, you know, the Giants have been abysmal since then. The Jets, since you know, going to back-to-back AFC championships, have been a laughing stock. The Rangers have gone through rebuilds and lost in the Stanley Cup. And the Islanders seem like they're on the way up. They seem like they're making strides, and then they lose the uh, you know Eastern Conference Championship. The Knicks are a total mess, but not at the moment. But we'll get to that in a bit. The Brooklyn Nets seem like they kind of have things going in the right direction. You know, they they have a superstar, you know, filled team, and they have champion, they have championship caliber, caliber talent on that team. But you know, you have to see what you know what they actually do in the playoffs to really get a sense of that. Um, who else am I missing? You know, it's just, uh, and then of course, you know, the Yankees. They are World Series contenders, you know, for the last couple of years, but they can't seem to get to the World Series. The Mets, you know, since 2015, you know, they made the World Series of 2015, wildcard 2016, back to back to back to back, you know, seasons of not making it to the playoffs. They have a new owner now. That makes me very happy. And, you know, it seems like New York sports are coming back. The Jets seemingly have a great GM in. In the office, they have hired a very great coaching prospect in Robert Sala. They have plenty of cap space to go into it. And, you know, they look like they have the second overall pick in the draft. There's a lot of options they can do. Deshaun Watson, ooh, we'll get to that. You know, the Giants seem like they found the right head coach. They have a lot of question marks, but a six-win season in, you know, doesn't seem sexy on paper, but from what we've seen as Giants fans, you know, for the last couple of years, I'll take that in a heartbeat. I'm happy with the way things seem to be going. Let's go. Of course, my Mets are having a pretty great offseason so far. And, um, you know, the Nets, like I said, they're a championship team. The Knicks are playing well. Rangers are off to a rocky start. Islanders look okay. But... Neither of those teams are my teams because I'm a Devils fan. And the Devils are looking all right so far. So I'm I'm happy. So let me introduce myself some more. My name is Ryan. I'm born and raised in New York. I am a diehard fan of the New York Mets. I am a diehard fan of University of Michigan Athletics. I did not go to Michigan. 
just a fan of their team and their uh, all that stuff. I'm a huge Giants fan, obviously. I am, unfortunately, a fan of the New York Knicks, and I am a Devils fan. Um, it has, you know, been a fun few years, not really, rooting for these teams, but... You know, like I said, uh, I see some optimism. I see some promise. And hopefully from here on out, you know, we things get a little bit better. So, you know, uh, New York sports, you know, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, but I feel like we should start off the show by talking about, you know, this championship weekend and, um, you know, the potential, the, the Super Bowl matchup, not potential, the Super Bowl matchup coming up and that is you know between the tampa bay buccaneers and the kansas city chiefs the kansas city chiefs are in back-to-back super bowls and the buccaneers for the first time since 2003 or 2002 i forget are in the super bowl and bro you know got out of a long playoff drought and with tom brady they are now back to the super bowl and, you know, you can say all the things you want about Tom Brady. You know, you can hate him, despise him, all that. It is unreal that just him coming to this team has made this difference. They went from 8-8 eight and eight to Super Bowl contention. They are in it. They're in it to win it. And they are playing in their home field, which is absolutely ridiculous. But, man. It's it's exciting. It's very exciting for them. And wow, you know, uh, I'm shocked. Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they're back too. You know, some would say they've probably been the best team all season. Uh, I would, I put them at number two all season. I thought the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, obviously the record was the best in the league. They had home field advantage and all that. But they never really wowed me as much all season as some other teams in this league have uh, the Packers. I, if you know, I, for weeks and months, I thought the Packers were absolutely the best team in the league. You know, Sunday proved that they weren't, they got, you know, shut out, not shut out, but they got, you know, walloped around and did not look great. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady just came in there and beat the hell out of them. Like he did, you know, in the regular season. And, it was really one of those just kind of weird moments thinking to yourself, you know, this guy was a New England Patriot last season for 20 years. He's been with his one team and dominated the division. And now he goes to a different conference, different division, you know, a division filled with Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, all these veteran quarterbacks with elite wide receivers. And he comes out on top in the end. They didn't win the division, but they're in the Super Bowl. so. You know, I think they're sleeping well, but they're facing a Kansas City Chiefs team that, you know, demolished the Bills. You know, they were clearly the better team, even though I thought the Bills had an outside chance of winning. I I was proven wrong. And the Chiefs, you know, they are just a more talented roster. They're clearly in the midst of a dynasty. If they if they win this Super Bowl, I would say we're going to be seeing the Kansas City Chiefs around for a very long time. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'm I'm starting to get sick of it where, you know, we're not talking about our teams in championship weekend. I want the Giants to be back there. I want the Jets to be back there. I, I'm not a Jets fan, but I want to see the Jets be successful. I want to see them do well. It's not that hard to, you know, it's not that hard for me to root for the Jets. I mean, they're in the AFC. Who, who the hell cares? It's, you know. They're a crosstown rival. They share our stadium. Boo-hoo. Like, I, I don't hate the Jets. I want I want success in New York. That's what I want. That's what I want. But, you know, here we are. And we are at the Super Bowl once again. I think it has the, you know, ability to be a fantastic matchup. You know, this is, you know, Tom Brady against Patrick Mahomes once again. But in, you know, the, like, the biggest game there is. And there's just something really cool about that. You know, you have this young, you know, superstar MVP caliber quarterback in Patrick Mahomes who, you know, it, it seems like 
he's only getting better. He's only he's going to be great for the next 15 years almost. And then you have him facing off against Tom Brady, who's been, you know, haunting the league for years going after he's going to his 10th Super Bowl. It's unreal. It really is unreal. But enough about those teams. I'm sick of it. Let's talk about our teams. Let's talk about New York. Let's talk about things that matter to us, the things that we care about. That's what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about New York sports. So let's go. And, uh, you know, the first topic I was thinking about starting off with the Jets. You know, the Jets have been linked to all this crazy stuff with, you know, Deshaun Watson wanting to trade. The Jets were apparently his number one spot. Now they're not his number one spot. Everyone's been going off, blah, blah, blah. It's all crazy, all bananas. But no, we're going to hold off on the Jets because I want to talk about the Mets because the Mets right now um, are apparently super-duper linked to Trevor Bauer. And they've potentially put an offer on the table for him. And right now the Mets are the talk of the town. So let's let's stick with what's the most relevant right now, the Mets, who I think are having a fantastic offseason, like I said. New owner, Steve Cohen, $14 billion man. And Sandy Alderson, you know, I think they've had a great offseason so far. Um, aside from the unfortunate Jared Porter incident where he sexually harassed a female reporter years ago, good riddance to him. Get him out of here. If you didn't read the ESPN story, it's horrifying and disgusting. And I am beyond, you know, ashamed that, you know, this happened to that woman, but he's gone now. Sandy Alderson and, um, his staff are kind of taking over, you know, reins. Well, they've been taking over the reins. And aside from that unfortunate situation, I feel like the Mets have had a truly terrific offseason. They traded for Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco from the Indians, who I would be more than shocked if they didn't re-sign Lindor. They traded, you know, two of their shortstops, you know, starting shortstops, and two prospects to get him and Carlos Carrasco. And you now have one of the elite talents in the MLB. I would say probably a top five, top seven player in the MLB. You have a terrific starting pitcher who right now should be slotted in as your number two starter. You then have, you went on signed Trevor May, a terrific bullpen arm who I think absolutely solidifies this bullpen that's been a complete mess for the last few years. And you went out and signed James McCann, who was my personal the, my personal favorite catcher to get on the market. I'm not saying JT Romuto isn't better. He is a far better catcher than James McCann. But when I'm looking at this team and what they need to invest in, the catcher wasn't something that they needed to heavily invest in. Starting pitching, center field, infield those are the things that you needed to vastly improve and so far francisco lindor improves your infield immensely carlos carrasco is a fantastic starting pitcher that you know fits into that rotation very well missing out george springer hurt in the moment but when you think of what happens what can happen with that money that you would have given to george springer a lot more possibilities come up. You can sign more free agents like Jackie Bradley Jr., who is still a great center fielder, who you know you can sign for much cheaper than George Springer. You can get more relief pitchers, which I know a lot of Mets fans were upset that Brad Hand didn't come here, me included. And then the fact that he went to the Nationals drove me even more insane. But it is what it is. You know, there are still free agent bullpen arms out there, and now. We're hearing all these rumblings about Trevor Bauer potentially being offered this uh, ridiculous contract money or a ridiculous amount of money for a two to three year contract. And I- I'm indifferent about it. I I think Trevor Bauer is an electrifying talent when he is good. When he's at the top of his game, he is a top 10 pitcher in the league. He's awesome. He's great. I love him. I love his personality. 
I don't care if, you know, about like his nonsense on, you know, YouTube and total and, you know, throwing the ball over center field. No, I, I like that. I, it, it just, he's fun. He's electrifying. However, I know that, you know, when he was on the Indians, he had, he had pretty great numbers. He had pretty solid numbers. When he came to Cincinnati, he was a little bit shaky when he went from Cleveland to Cincinnati. And then, you know, in a 60-game season, he was electric. But does that really stretch out well for a, you know, 162-game season? And that's the big question mark. That's what that's what a lot of people aren't sure about. They're, you know, all these analytical pages I follow on Instagram say, no, it's a bad idea. He stinks, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not good. I feel like no matter what, any team he goes to, he's going to make a better team. That's that's the thing that I don't understand is if you add him to your roster, if you add him to any rotation, he makes your rotation better. I think the issue becomes how much are you paying him? Because if you're paying him $30, $36 million, which I think is lucrative for him, He's going to be your number two starter still. Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. He's going to be your number two starter. There's no way you're putting him in front of Jacob DeGrom. However, if you're paying him that money, even as a number two starter, he better be damn electric. And then I think that's my concern with Trevor Bauer is not so much signing him. It's going to be you're going to see Mets fans like myself, not like myself, but some a little ridiculous Mets fans going absolutely insane. And we'll get to, you know, you know, another thing too, about how Mets fans, they, for whatever reason, Mets fans, we have had a new owner for one off season and everyone feels like we should be in on, like we should have signed every single free agent. There's a stupid meme that I saw where it's like this, you know, buffed up Corgi making fun of a like shrimpy Corgi, saying, you know, like, oh, the Mets are signing George Springer, all these other guys, and then none of we didn't sign any of those guys. And I and people think like we we've had a failure of an offseason. That's just not true. We've signed, you know, we haven't signed, but I mean we've signed two, we've signed a catcher, we've signed a great bullpen arm. We have traded for an elite uh talent in Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco. The Mets have had a great offseason so far. We're we've we're clearly better than they were last year. And there's still moves to be made. You know, we traded for uh that pitcher from the Padres whose name escapes me at the moment, but clearly the Mets are in a much better position than they were when the season started, and that's all you could ask for. And they were, you know, supposed to be this high caliber team last season with the roster that they had and they weren't they were fourth place should have been last place team and it you know drives me insane that these Mets fans are just they're unwilling to accept that we were not going to sign every big name George Springer that was the only one that stung because it really felt like we had him in our grasp and we didn't and it's okay it's all right no worries but you know, now the Mets are involved with Trevor Bauer, apparently. It looks like they're the favorites to land, but I'll believe it when I see it. And now we're being linked to Chris Bryant, which it, it intrigues me, only that uh, he's essentially a rental. Well, he is a rental. And then does he really make the team that much better? Because what are you going to trade for him? Are you going to trade away J.D. Davis, who... I think should be, you know, should remain on the team. I, I love JD. I, I, I like having him. If you tell me we can trade JD Davis in a trade for old Nolan Arenado, that changes things. But Chris Bryant, eh, as much as I would like him, I don't know if I truly want him. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But the Mets are doing great things this offseason. And they. I would argue are probably the fourth best team in the National League right now. I think you're looking at the Dodgers at number one, Padres at two, and the Braves at three. I don't think the Mets are better than the Braves. I know some fans feel like they are. I feel like if the Mets go out and get 
another bullpen arm and a true center fielder, then they have they have the you know they have the ability to go toe to toe. If you add Trevor Bauer as well on top of that, that makes things a little bit dicier. But I still think you know that the Mets. I I I do think that the Mets are a top five team in the National League. I would say they're the fourth best team in the National League. That's just me. Um, but enough about the Mets. Let's talk about the other team in baseball, the Yankees, because they've also had kind of a busy week, I'd say. Uh, the most recent one being that they traded away Adam Ottavino to the Red Sox, uh, you know, for money, basically. It was a salary dump and a prospect. They traded away Adam Ottavino and a prospect to the Red Sox for money, which to me um, makes sense. I know Adam Ottavino was not uh, electric like Yankee fans wanted him to be last season. You know, he had that terrible game in Buffalo against the Blue Jays where, you know, it brought up his ERA exponentially. There was He could not throw a strike to save his life at times, but you know, he was he was a decent bullpen piece last year, and now you lose a bullpen piece. You obviously have more guys coming back, you know, from you know injuries and whatnot. But the Yankees still have a terrific bullpen. If you have Zach Britton there or Aldis Chapman, and you know, you know, uh, some other you, you have several pieces there that truly make that bullpen still top of the line. The Yankees questions come in with their rotation and they traded, you know, for James Tylon from uh, Jameson Tylon from the Pirates to be a solid mid-rotation guy and that was a great trade I think for the Yankees. You know, you get a great mid-rotation guy who has tremendous upside. They signed Corey Kluber who I I'm interested to see. I wanted the Mets to sign him personally, but for the Yankees, you know, he is you're signing him to a $10 million deal. He has great upside, but you really got to see what, what he can do. And, you know, he's only, he's barely pitched these last two seasons beforehand. So I don't know, maybe it's a proven year for him. You know, we'll see. And then, uh, what else have the Yankees done thus far? You know, the, the, the Yankees, I feel like they're still probably, the team to beat in the American League. I think the White Sox are close. I obviously the Blue Jays are close too. The Blue Jays just the Blue Jays just need to solve their rotation issues, but I feel like they're they're gonna sign more free agents, you know. But the Yankees right now, I mean they have their bona fide ace and Garrett Cole. They have uh Corey Kluber. They have Jameson Tyon. They have who else do they have there? I don't think they're re-signing Paxton, and I don't think they're going to be signing uh, Tanaka back. So it'll be interesting to see what else the Yankees do. The Yankees have had a quiet but solid offseason. Re-signing DJ LeMahieu to that $90 million six-year deal was astounding. That was a steal of a contract. Steal. And, you know, it, it really is... Uh, it shows you that LeMay, he wanted to be a Yankee. He didn't, but his concern was more so with the years, I think, than the amount of money he was making. So, you know, Yankees got a steal on that contract. And we'll see now what they do with the extra money that they have since, you know, they traded away Adam Adovino. I believe they have about six, seven million more dollars to spend before hitting that luxury tax and whatnot. So we'll see. Uh, I feel like, uh, all, you know, my some of my Yankee friends are all worrying that they're going to bring back Brett Gardner with that money. And I got to tell you, I I would not, <laughs> I would not be shocked if that was the case. But we'll see. You know, the Yankees, uh, they they have some more moves to make. I think before they are. I I look at them as like a legitimate, you know, lock to win that division. The Rays clearly got worse, but they're the Rays, so you never really know. They trade away guys, and then they turn, you know, 
random guys into bona fide superstars. It happens every year with them. So we'll see. We will see. But enough about baseball. Uh, you know, let's talk about some football. Why not? Because the Jets have been having a busy couple weeks. Um, and I really think uh, it all starts with their head coach hiring uh, Robert Sala, who I th- I did not expect him to go to the Jets. I can tell you that. I thought he was for sure going to Detroit. You know, he's a Detroit guy. He, I'm pretty sure he worked on the Michigan State staff for a little bit. He, or, you know, he's just, um, to me, that seemed like the most perfect fit for him to go, but the Jets fell in love with him and they brought him in for that second interview and they hired him not too long after that. And the Jets seem like they found the right head coach. I mean, obviously, you know, win some games and, you know, let's see how he actually does, you know, prior, but it seems like they have the right head coach. They have the right guy to really establish the culture of this organization that has been in absolute turmoil since 2010. And when I'm looking at this team, you know, I, I, I see a lot of holes. I see a lot of issues. I see, you know, significant questions at quarterback. I see significant questions, you know, offensively. Um, and, you know, Robert Sala has a lot on his plate, you know, in terms of putting together this roster and really making it work and be competitive. Um, and now the Jets have this, the second overall pick in the draft where a lot of things can happen. They could draft a quarterback. They could draft the offensive tackle from Oregon. They could potentially move that draft pick and all that. But the real hot topic that has been, you know, plaguing the jets this last week has been the topic of Deshaun Watson, who reportedly wants out of Houston, you know, and I won't get into the you know, the messiness of, that situation because it's not really you know new york related but deshaun watson wants out of you know houston and the jets i feel like have the draft capital to not only trade for him but also put weapons around him when he gets here the jets have i think the second or third most amount of cap space in the league next year They have a plethora of picks, two in the first round this year, and I think two in the second round, the first round next year. You know, if I'm the Jets, I'm willing to offer four first round picks, a third round pick this year, a fifth round pick next year for Deshaun Watson and and a player too. Reportedly, they're asking for Quinn and Williams, which. It's dicey because he's essentially going to be a cornerstone, a cornerstone player for that defense moving forward. He made significant strides last year, and I don't know how you move on from a player like that in a deal. But if it's to get to Sean Watson, man, it might be worth it. The Jets have not had a true franchise quarterback for years, years, and Deshaun Watson would absolutely give you that franchise QB for the next 10 years. He's a top five quarterback in the league. He's young. He's mobile. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's smart. Everyone loves him in the locker room. The team rallies around him. Why wouldn't you want to trade for that? Do I think they will? I don't know. There's still a I think it's a 20% chance he, that he even gets traded. I feel like there has to be a way the Texans are planning to try and figure out the situation, solve what to do. And if I'm the Jets, I'm more focused on just preparing for the draft, preparing for free agency, seeing what they do. There's plenty of you know wide receivers out there that they should be going after. Guys like Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, you know, Chris Godwin. Stuff like that. There is a plethora of, you know, talent coming up in this draft that they could look at. But to me, I think what the Jets need to figure out is, is Sam Darnold their guy? 
are they truly going to be sticking with Sam Darnold? A lot of a lot of people are saying yes. A lot of people are saying absolutely not. You know, if you want my opinion, um, I I'm indifferent on the whole situation. If if you're telling me Deshaun Watson is absolutely available, hundred percent go after that. But if you're telling me that you're going to draft potentially draft one of these quarterbacks, either it be Justin Fields, Trey, you know, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot that you're not too sure about. Obviously, if you had the number one pick, it's no brainer, you know, Trevor Lawrence, but you don't have the number one pick anymore. And to me, you know, I think Adam Gase is absolutely at fault for why Sam Darnold did not develop anymore. I think Sam Darnold also showed flashes that maybe he is not the guy. But if you have the ability to put weapons around Sam Darnold, draft even more talent for him, put him behind an even more bona fide offensive line, I... I don't know what else, you know, I don't know what else to say. It, it's a huge question mark. It's a lot to think about. And, you know, if you're not sure what that will lead to, you know, next season, it is what it is. Um, you know, it, it's different from the Giants where, like, the Giants are absolutely sticking with Daniel Jones this season. I think this is Daniel Jones's kind of last you know, we'll give you, uh, we're giving you one more chance. This is, you know, this is Daniel Jones's last true season. If Daniel Jones doesn't show any improvement at all next year whatsoever, I think there's a very real chance you'll see the Giants start to look in another direction for a quarterback. Whereas I feel like there's a very big chance that the Jets are looking at Sam Darnold right now and they're saying to themselves, we... We like, you know, what we can see in Sam. He shows flashes of greatness. Let's try one more season. It's a new offensive scheme. It's a new head coach, new culture. We have all this talent that we can put him around, you know, put around him. Let's go from here. And we'll see. We'll we'll absolutely see what the, you know, what's to happen next. You know, I know some Jets fans that just want a new quarterback. They're sick of seeing Sam Darnold. They think he's terrible, and that's that. But I I don't know if it's as cut and dry as, as we think, and I think there's a very real chance that we might get one more season of Sam Darnold. I, I, I think that. I really do. <laughs> but, you know, let's, talk, let's stop talking about the Jets. That's not my team. My team is the Giants. And the Giants haven't really done much this offseason thus far. They still held on to Dave Gettleman, which annoyed me. But, you know, they seem to – the Maras seem, you know, enthralled by the improvements that we made. So it is what it is. Um, I think Joe Judge is absolutely the head coach, though. I think he's awesome. Uh, he, he made some mistakes this season that I think he'll absolutely improve on. And, you know, coming in second place in probably the worst division ever in the history of the NFL – yeah, that uh, that wasn't you know a crowning accomplishment, but it was an accomplishment that you know shows progress. And I think the Giants, I I think they absolutely could be you know in contention for the division next year again. I think there's a very good chance they will win the division next year. I think you know the Washington Football Team had a pretty you know fun little season, you know. They their defense is what really made them who they were. Um, the Giants beat them twice in the regular season, which is why I kind of have this, you know, biased hope in my head that the Giants can win the division. But who knows? The Cowboys are probably going to re-sign Dak Prescott next year or this year and be right back in the thick of things. The Eagles look absolutely abysmal right now. They look like a total mess, and uh, I don't envy them. I actually despise them. So. Sorry, I had to take a little sip of water. My throat's a little dry from spewing my nonsense at you guys. Um, 
But no, the Giants seem like they're in the right direct. You know, they're heading in the right direction. Now, what do they do with this 11th pick? I don't know. And, you know, we still have time to figure that out. But what I see the Giants, you know, doing this offseason is I do see them signing a wide receiver. I really do. I They have to re-sign either Leonard Williams or Devlin Tomlinson. I don't know if they can do both, but they have to re-sign one of them. I unfortunately want, would rather them sign Leonard Williams. I know um, Devlin has been, you know, he's a team captain. He had a great year. We could probably sign him cheaper, but Leonard Williams looked unstoppable last year. He looked, you know, elite like he was supposed to when he was drafted by the Jets. And the Giants somehow, you know, tapped into that, you know, untapped potential and truly made him into a superstar this year. He looked, he looked great, <clears throat> but you know, the giants have to re-sign one of those guys and they have to sign a wide receiver. Look, the dream is Allen Robinson. I don't know if they're going to re- I don't know if they're going to sign Allen Robinson. I feel like there's, it's more likely they go after a guy, maybe like Kenny Galladay or Chris Godwin, you know, who is still fantastic talents, but definitely not, you know, but won't they'll they'll cost money, but I think Allen Robinson may cost a lot of money. We'll see though. And that's really with the Giants, you know, that you know, they they had a a meh season, a season that had a lot of ups, had a lot of downs, but made you optimistic that things are trending in the right direction. But next next season, if they don't make the playoffs, fire Gettleman. Daniel Jones is on the hot seat for sure. And you know. There's going to be a lot more pressure on Joe Judge. Simple as that. And uh, hopefully, let's just, I just want to see winning. That's it. I just want to see winning again. You know, it sucks, but that's all I'm asking for. But, you know, enough about football. Let's move on to basketball, which uh, we're going to be quick on. Um, you know, the Knicks have lost back, had back to back losses out west. And, uh, you know, they've been playing great. At times, they've also been playing kind of meh at times. Their offense, you know, it's been okay, but the clearly it's their defenses that I think is what's really keeping them in the games. They have the number one defense in the league. That's insane. Who would have thought? But they do. They look great defensively. Um, you know, it's just I I would much rather them, you know, start to really pick up offensively. RJ Barrett looks great. Uh, you know, uh, at times, at times he looks great at times, uh, looks kind of meh at other times, but it's good. Julius Randall, very, very happy with how he's turning out. Uh, Emmanuel quickly should be starting and he's not. And it drives me insane, but I'm happy with how the roster is looking. Obi Toppin looks very good. I'm very happy about that. Um, you know, the Knicks are doing it right. They have a young core of players. They're playing their hearts out. They're, you know, they're being contentious. They're 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 playing well. And, you know, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited watching the Knicks again. It's fun to watch the Knicks again. Cause you never know if they're gonna win or not. You know, uh, when when you the last couple of years when I've been watching the Knicks, I, I've barely even turned them on. Like now I'm excited to sit down and watch a Knicks game with my friends. It's it's a good time. It's fun. It, you know, it's fun watching them win. It's a fun team to watch. And, you know, if they keep going up this way, hey, there's a chance they're in the playoffs, which I would not be upset about. If they win 34 games this year, I would not be upset about it. Simple as that. But, you know, that's that's really the Knicks right now. You know, I, I think they're playing tonight. Are they playing tonight? Let me see. Uh, Knicks. I think they are playing tonight. I think they're playing the Thunder tonight. No, they're playing the Jazz. They're playing the Jazz today. Um, I don't know if they're going to win. But we'll see. They're playing the Cavs on Friday. I think they could win that. And they're playing the Clippers on Sunday. I don't think they'll win that. But, you know. Got to be optimistic. Got to be optimistic, folks. We let's be optimistic now for a team like the Nets, who 
I believe should win the Eastern Conference Championships with that team right there. You have Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, three elite superstar talents on the same roster. There was the whole chaos and conundrum with Kyrie Irving, and as as a Knicks fan, if that happened on my team, I think I would absolutely lose my, my flipping mind. But it's not on my team, so I can kind of laugh about it. But when they're all on the court at the same time, they look damn good. They look fantastic. My only concern is now, what do you do with this talent? Like, if they don't go to the NBA Finals, they are going to be a laughing stock. They have to be at the NBA Finals. They have to be there. And if they are not champions of the East, they're going to look like an absolute laughing stock because they gave up so much of their future to get James Harden there. And now you are in position to be the very best team in the Eastern Conference. And if you don't win it all, come playoffs, you are a laughing stock. You're an absolute laughing stock. Take it from me. I'm a Knicks fan. I can say like I I know laughing stock, like we're a laughing stock because we're the New York Knicks and we've messed up so many things in the last few years. But you're betting your whole future on this team you have right now. And if you don't win it all, yeah, you're going to look pretty stupid. But, you know, kudos to them. Kudos to the Nets to doing something that we as New York fans always want our teams to do. Go all out. Put everything you have on the line to win it all. Yankees fans go off about it every year come the trade deadline. They want the Yankees just to let go of all their prospects, get the big name, and go for it. And the Nets did that. Trust me. Like the We as New York fans want this. We want our teams to go all in. And it seems like the Nets are doing just that. So, yes, they have a chance to look really bad if all if everything if everything falls apart, but if it every if all if it all pays off, oh, that's that's damn good. That looks damn good to me. So, nothing too crazy or spicy going on with that. You know, you know, basketball is happening. It's going on. Let's keep it going. Hopefully, you know, it's just it's good to see it happening. You know, we're in a pandemic, and yet we're still able to enjoy sports and watch sports. Um, you know, it's great. And, uh, you know, let's move on to hockey. Why not? It, it'll be quick. I know not everyone is enthralled with hockey, as I may be. You know, I have a couple friends that love hockey, a couple friends that hate hockey. I like hockey a lot. It's not my, you know, favorite thing in the world to watch, but I'll, I'll watch it. I will. <laughs> And right now, New York's hockey teams are kind of, you know, they're off to a little bit of a rocky start. Not ro- uh, The Rangers are off to a rocky start. Islanders look, you know, all right. And the Devils look all right, too. But we'll talk about, you know, the New York-based teams first because those are the teams that matter to this, you know, that matter to the people here, especially here on Long Island where, you know, I reside. Uh, every, you know, a lot of people that I know are Islanders fans. But to me, I look at the Rangers who came into the season, I think, overhyped. I, as you know, they had the first overall pick, you know, this year. They got their guys, they have an all star team, but the Islanders are still in your division, you're in your conference. And I still think they're a better team than the Rangers. And the Rangers got walloped. Day one, they walloped the Islanders back the very next night, you know, the very next time they met. But the Rangers defense has been abysmal, blowing leads to the Capitals. Wait, was it the Capitals? The Well, I know they blew it to the Penguins the other day, but they've just been absolutely abysmal to watch defensively. And their defensive coach, you know, had their defensive coach is now the Devils head coach. And now I'm sitting here like, maybe we did did all right. Maybe we did okay. 
Islanders look pretty good. They're playing against the Capitals tonight, who I think are very good right now. Um, they seem like they're you know on top of things. Yeah, I, like right now it's like the Capitals, the Penguins, and Flyers. They're, they're the three at the top of the division, and they clearly are. I would say like the t- the favorite teams in that. Devils are somehow in fourth, but I uh, I like the Devils' odds. I, I I like the Devils. They're playing well. Jack Hughes is looking great. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> They're playing the Flyers tonight. Very excited. Um, you know, Devils look. Like, New York hockey, the Islanders to me are probably the second closest team to winning a championship in this town right now. The Islanders to me, they were they were in Game Six of the West, the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They lost to an amazing Tampa Bay Lightning team, and they retained almost all of their talent. And they look great. They still look good. And come you know playoff time and whatnot, I think they'll absolutely be dominant and scary, and it'll be very exciting. Very exciting. But, you know, you just have to wait and see. We, we have to wait and see what happens with them. All right. Uh, and that that's really about it today. Um, you know, nothing too crazy happening this week. You know, you know, we have, like I said, we have, you know, Knicks are on tonight. Devils are on tonight. Islanders are on tonight. Uh, I think the Rangers are on tonight. We have, you know, some good games coming up. Super Bowl is in two weeks, less than two weeks from now. Uh, you know, MLB free agency is going on. It's going bananas. NFL offseason, the speculation begins. You know, we have all kinds of things to talk about regarding New York sports. And I'm, I'm very excited to be talking about them with you. And I'm very excited to have this show, you know, starting up and going forward. And, you know. Uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able to have some guests on at times. We'll be able to talk about some things, you know, more in depth. But this is just like a this is a first run. And hopefully you guys, you know, enjoyed it. But to end off the show, uh, you know, I I put out a I put out a tweet the other day asking, you know, you know, asking some questions like, you know, just like Ask away some questions. Let's go. So I put out a tweet, you know, recording a podcast. Ask me your questions. They'll be answered on air. So I'm going to I'm gonna answer some of these questions that were asked. Uh, first comes from my good friend Dallas, Schwiddle Boy, on Twitter. Sports guy, right guy. What is the meaning of life? Dallas, the meaning of life is, um, it's a good question. Uh, If I'm being honest, when I think of the meaning of life, I think of only one thing. And that one thing is a nice, cold Dr. Pepper on a Sunday afternoon and just petting my dog. That's the meaning of my life. And then uh, I got my good friend Greg here, Tingus Pingus, at This Is How I Win. Just how much will the Washington football team win the division by next year if they get Stafford? Actually, you know what? This is a good question, Um, and I will answer it truthfully. If the Washington football team does land Matthew Stafford in a trade, uh, they I, I would say they would probably be in line to win the division. But the NFC East... Every year, it's like whoever won the division last year is projected to win the division this year. And it never happens. There has not been a back-to-back NFC East winner in God knows how long. Since 2004, 2005 maybe. So, I don't really know. Because the Washington football team is going to be losing guys on defense. Their offense, you know, they're still going to have, like, obviously Terry McLaurin. Um, They are going to be retaining most of their staff coaching-wise. I I would say it's going to be a battle for the division between the Giants and the Washington football team next year. Football team getting Stafford definitely gives them the advantage, I think, on quarterback. But 
Matt Stafford, I think, doesn't elevate a team like the Washington football team to a championship caliber team like he would if he went to the Colts or something like that. I feel like if the Colts or the 49ers got Stafford, they are absolutely Super Bowl contending teams, whereas the Washington football team, yeah, their defense is phenomenal. They still don't threaten me offensively as much as you know a team like let's say the Cowboys would. Like the Cowboys, I feel like still have the best offensive weaponry in that division. So they still be a threat. And if you have Dak Prescott back there, you will absolutely see them, you know, improve. They brought in Dan Quinn as their offense as their defensive coordinator. I think that will absolutely help them. It to me, the NFC East, aside from the Eagles, it's a toss-up between the Giants, Cowboys, and football team. How about that? Stafford absolutely pushes the football team in the direction of winning it, but I feel like the Giants, it'll be close. It'll be close. It'll be close. I'll say that. I'll say that. I'll, that's that's how I answer it, truthfully. And then this guy, Zachary, at Kid Gilchrist, should the Giants sign Jason Giambi? Huh. <sighs> I wish this was like a phone call so I could hang up on this guy like Francesca used to do. But no, I'm forced to read it and look at it. So, um, you know, yeah, why not? Jason Giambi would be great on the Giants, I think. Would be great. And uh, those are the questions that were asked. So, yeah, that's my take. That's my spiel. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Hopefully, I'll get to record a little bit more in the coming future. Hopefully, this will be a weekly endeavor. And, you know, we'll have plenty of things to talk about going forward. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. You know, please follow my Twitter, at SportsGuyRyGuy. I just spew my nonsense about, you know, New York sports and Michigan 24-7 on there. And, yeah, that is it. Please have a wonderful day. And... Let's go Mets, baby. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye.